Welcome to Ghostwatch 2017. My name is Corey Andrew Dickinson, and I have another podcast called Ghostwatch 2016, where me and a bunch of friends watch Common Rider Ghost. This podcast involves my friends Adam. Hello. And Alexi. Hello. And they are giving me feedback on my other podcast. Uh, this is episode 19. Uh, let's try this. Three, two, episode, episode 19. WTF is this? No. That was so good. That was really good. I took my time with it and it really paid off. Uh, so during episode 19 of Common Rider Ghost, we begin to wonder what even is art and can you become friends with a gnome? So uh, I see that at this point we've started calling them gnomes. At exactly this point. Yeah. Is at that a point, thing yeah. that persists? Yes. Yes. All right. You may have been wondering why the Ghostwatch 2017 logo shows oh ghost kicking a gnome. That, that's why. <laughs> that's Spectre. I had not Spectre made the connection. Yeah, sorry, Spectre. Now, now I, my mind has been blown. Why did I never even ask? <laughs> you took it on faith. I did. I mean, I took a lot of things in faith. Kind of had to. Yeah. The entire concept of this podcast I've just been. It's very straightforward. You just have to tell me if I'm doing a good job. Last year. Uh, <laughs> uh, last year? No, no, ago. no. <laughs> you, uh, I don't know when we recorded episode 19. Uh, well, apparently it was just after Desert Bus 2016. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yuri on Ice was a thing. Well, okay. So that was funny and I was going to mention it because I was watching Yuri on Ice yesterday, like rewatching it because I did watch it when it came out, but it was really weird that I just started watching it again this weekend. And then you guys talked about it on the podcast. I was like, wait a minute. It's a, a cultural cycles, you know, e- yeah. even though some of our references may be dated, it's just going to cycle back around. So it's going to evergreen. Yeah. Well, it was an extremely precise cultural reference because I only just started rewatching it this weekend. How was the episode? Do, do you want to do the theme song? Uh, it's still the old song. You still I'll have... play it, though. Okay. We were watching a show made of reject Sony R&D. Special effects spreading across half a century. Magic ghost shirts, pokeballs, and fanny packs. And despite never leaving Coriander is back, the bestest host that watched Common Rider Ghost has more to say with this replay. Join Adam and Alexi in this meta fun, rehashing a show that still isn't done. Enjoy the unseen with Ghost Watch 2017. Old song. Is there a new song? Yeah. No, but I have friends that do music and I've been considering asking them or being very cheap and going on Fiverr and <laughs> getting something made. <laughs> I would be curious. I'm a bad person. Out of Fiverr. I mean, uh, someone I know was getting music composed for a new podcast that they were starting. and They were shocked and appalled by how little people were asking like 20 bucks yeah for like yeah, yeah i'll compose you an original song and, and give it to you and you can have the rights to it and she was like please value your work more 
uh, when will they stop with the Onari body horror? <laughs> Never. God damn it. No, he is, he is the target. He is the, the butt of every mishap. Yeah. I mean, when he was grocery shopping, it was cute, but then his head starts transfiguring. And yeah, man, give him a break. Also, in general, so uh, it's interesting, different opinions. I am not a fan of abstract art. I mean, I respect its right to exist and that other people enjoy it, but it has never done anything for me. So uh, I was on the side of Onari, I guess, in terms of being like, Ugh, this is all weird and gross. But I like that Akari represented this voice of like, actually, I kind of like it. <laughs> yeah, well, Akari's head wasn't turning into weird abstract art either. Yeah. No, and everyone was being very, uh, kind of telling Onari to calm down and acting like he was being unreasonable. But I feel like if my top of my head started turning into anything, then... You know, once you uh, a ghost puppet has summoned a ghost pirate ship that transforms into a guana... Uh, Ghost Striker. Like, what is there to be shocked at? Friends' heads turning into a painting of an apple? It's fine. <laughs> they're, Whatever. They're all dead inside, is what you're getting at. Yeah. It, or it's more, maybe they just haven't had time to process. I mean... Like, they've got a timeline, they've got a deadline, they, they're crunching. They've had a pretty long <clears throat> timeline since the events of the first half of this took, like, 99 days. talk between episodes. I've stopped keeping track of how many days between episodes there are, even though they still generally start the episode by saying there are N days left until permadeath, as you put it, in, in Ghostwatch 2016. Mm. Which every time I hear it, uh, it, it's a good phrase, but it also sends my mind wandering off into roguelike Rogue directions. <laughs> New game plus, yeah. Yeah. Uh, other good things in this episode, I like Akari being a proper scientist and being excited about not knowing something. That was cute. And then she had her weird educate the viewers moment where she defined KMS. Uh, she's not allowed. No. <laughs> Bad nickname. <laughs> well, it's better in Japanese, I think. Is it? Yeah, I don't. I can't remember what the K stands for, but it, it stands for it's it stands for something else in Japanese. Isn't it like Kira? I don't remember. It's been a really long time. I'll look it up. Okay. It, it didn't actually occur to me to even think about the fact that like she was calling it KMS in Japanese, but that the words surely were different. That must have been a fun little job for the suburbs. The MS is the same. Mad scientist is mad. Do scientist is the oh, okay. same. But I can't remember. I, yeah, I can't remember what the K was. It was something. Can ki naru. Aha. Perfectionist, mad scientist. All right. What? So, so. Oh, Kanpeki. So oh. her criticism of him is that he's a perfectionist. Apparently. Not the subbed version, which is that he's a killer, which is a much more reasonable thing to be critical of. Maybe it was killer like, whoa, <laughs> killer. 
killer mad scientist. If that's true, then I want to. Kill, I, I want to grow up to be a KMS. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. But only if it's hmm. killer, hmm. man. I already say radical all the time. <laughs> I should start working killer into there. Hmm. I find that people at work react positively to uh, swag. Oh, yeah. Mm. Swag's good. They like that one. Uh, well, well, that's interesting. Perfectionist. But, because I, I was hoping she'd go on to a rant about something that I am easily want to rant about, which is the general poor depiction of scientists in media and how killer mad scientists like Igor are the type that give a bad name to the profession. But hmm. but no, it was just a weird thing where she just labeled it and they like put it on the screen and she was talking into the camera like it was this Sesame Street moment. And uh, yep. no, no reason that I could discern. There are children watching. Yeah, tiny children. Yeah, I guess the tiny children now know they're three letters. Of English, yeah. Uh, there was also the the sweaty boy talked directly into the camera. There was a weird amount of that in this episode. Hmm. Sometimes it can be good. I was rewatching a little while ago an uh, old episode of Doctor Who, The Caves of Androsony. And there's this villain who, after other characters leave the scene, will turn to the camera and give this, like, uh, I want to call it Shakespearean, but it's like bad, bad Shakespearean style villainous monologue to the camera. Like this aside of like, little do they know that, you know, <laughs> and it's such mm. a weird, oh, good stuff. It's a weird thing, but yeah, it is also extremely good. <laughs> so I'm okay if more shows want to do that because it worked at least then. And maybe that'll be Sweaty Boy's thing. He hasn't got a lot of screen time. He needs a thing. This pretty boy. Loves- uh, he gets mm-hmm. enough screen time. All right. He needs he, less screen he'll time. He'll have a thing, believe me, and you won't like it. All right. No. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now Corey's thinking about it. Pretty boy got to thinking about so many things. He, he looked into the sky and wished that he was a bird at the very beginning of this episode. Good. <laughs> and we had a rehash of pretty boys freaked out by takoyaki and the concept of eating it because all spheres must be icons yep so he's getting enough character what a bastard though he slaps the takoyaki down and i'm like i would kill someone to eat that takoyaki (laughs) right (laughs) how dare you it looks so good it's so fresh oh god yeah it looks so good and it's like made like by sitting this in a park in Japan and grandma. yeah, like a just a container of takoyaki for free. Oh, and infuriating. That would be the best. Because I was like waiting for my dinner to cook too, so I was super hungry. <laughs> I was just like mm-hmm. so angry. Uh yeah, and like the plot development is is chugging along. I, I like Pretty Boy is interesting. As interesting as it gets in like characterization kids shows kind of thing. Um, and he has he has fun moments. They've gotten me to a point where I kind of care about him and, and want to see him redeemed. But like when he takes 
Necrom, Spectrum, to the bridge kind of area that Makoto was always spending his time on anyway. And then, like, tries to have a conversation and is like, you used to come here, right? And he just nods. Like, did you like the, the sky? Did you like the water? But you like Ganma Hell better, right? And it's just like... <laughs> it was hard to tell to what degree Pretty Boy understood that this was not a real conversation. He seems to be in a mix of in denial, but also Takeru has successfully planted enough of a seed of like, hey dude, this is not this is not a real thing. That uh, I, I'm interested to see at what point it gets hashed out. Hmm. And yeah, final final real point was that Sanzo Omega Drive. What the shit? I have no idea how to handle any part of it. Is that the spinning disc flying Nimbus? Yeah. All of the creatures come out. Well, that's the thing. So he has yeah. the spinning disc and he throws that around and that's fine. Like it's part of the jacket. It looks like, oh, sure. You know, you take that off, throw it around. Then he does his Omega Drive, which activates. And then three like folks in animal masks pop out and yell and dance around. Like, it is yep. the masks from the hoodie, but it's just like people wearing them hopping around and yelling and animal noises. And then there's like a kind of explosion and the cloud appears and they all just are whisked away. I think we talked last episode about how this is guy from Journey to the West. Well, yeah, he's Journey yeah. to the West. And the, yeah, so like, I don't know, listeners would be more familiar with Dragon Ball, probably. Probably. And so, like, Goku riding around on the cloud yeah. is from Source, kind of. There's, like, a mix of stuff that's about Goku and stuff that's about, like, the whole Journey to the West thing. It's it's a very rich, old <laughs> history. Yeah, well, it's like, I, I never watched Dragon Ball, and I'd never experienced Journey to the West, so I had no frame of reference. It was just... To me, extremely weird and confusing. Okay, so we're going to have to watch... No. Densha Otoko. <laughs> and then we're going to have to watch the live-action Journey to the West that has the, the star from Densha Otoko. Oh, the Stephen Chow one? No, no, oh. not the movie. A series. Oh. The Stephen Chow Journey to the West is weird. I haven't seen it. I've heard that he had a, has a new movie out that involves a mermaid that walks around in shoes. Yeah, it just came out on Netflix, actually. Okay. Check that out. Yeah, I don't know what to say other than it's like a mythological story. Yeah, I mean, that, that, yeah, that tracks. It's, it's like a, yeah. It's got flying clouds. It is stuff. interesting to hit things where I have just a complete blind spot. Which, it is funny because this show throws a lot of curveballs anyway. So it's it, it's funny that this is a case where it is like a cultural Touchpoint I'm missing as opposed to, say, the quadcopter, which is just crazy bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I, if you watch, like, a bunch of kung fu movies, you'll end up running into, like, Goku depictions a lot, too. Okay. That's always really popular. I have always meant to, like, get into some kung fu movies because... Oh, man. I have mostly never... Like, I've seen... And I don't even know if any of this counts. I've seen Ip Man 
maybe two of the Ip Man films. And I've seen... Well, that counts because Donnie is... Oh, yeah, they were were amazing. And I've seen uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Does that count? (laughs) No, No, but that was really funny. (laughs) I love that movie so much. (laughs) Just, what is it? Kurt Russell? It dunks on Kurt Russell Uh so hard. So much. It was a lot better than I thought that it would be. Uh, Have you you seen any Stephen Chow movies? Like Kung Fu Hustle? No. Or anything? Okay, we're gonna we we need a kung fu hustle, the Stephen Chow podcast. <laughs> just watch all the Stephen Chow stuff. Gonna, just gotta run you through like the same education yeah. I had. <laughs> well, I really it's something where I I think that I would enjoy it, and it's just that, like I've never started, so I don't even know where to start. Like I only watched an If Man movie because it was like on TV once and I watched half of it and I was like, that was amazing. And then I went and watched the first one in its entirety and I was like, yeah, that is amazing. Also depressing, but amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I would like Kung Fu. But yeah, again, just like blind spot. So once again, no frame of reference. I'm trying to think if it comes up in any video games because generally I know more. But even then, I don't play the like street fighter type games, which is where I feel like there might be some crossover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then at the end, um, Mafia Gnome came back. I still don't know why. <laughs> I still don't know. Why. So it's not even a thing where like he's always going to yeah. turn into some older gnome. It's just a one-off. Nope. Well, yeah, he I does, think he stops but... transforming after a while, though. No, he keeps he transforms a few more times. Okay, but it's still like I don't understand how he gets the icons from the gnomes that have been defeated, unless they produce new icons somehow. I don't know. I don't know right. where icons come from. I don't think the show knows where icons come from. They just exist and are a thing that you can put. Well, because it's even like most of the gnomes in the earlier episodes, including I feel like the Mafia one, like when they were defeated, there'd be some kind of item that was emblematic of what they were that would then kind of like deactivate or break or something. So it seemed like it was less an icon deal and more like, oh, here's this object that kind of shaped the, the type of gnome that it was. Yeah, and they do show the object thing a bit more, but like typically what is shown there is uh, the jacket flying off them and exploding, and then the object and their icon shattering. Oh, uh, right. There's consistency there, but there's no consistency as to like which gnomes yeah. stayed dead. Well, it, it did definitely read as yeah. budgetary concern. Wouldn't it be cool, though, if there was like a, a league of anti-heroes... If it was like that they actually legit just had another pool of icons to drop on. It was all villains of history. I guess that would get dark immediately. Oh, that would be cool. It'd be cool, except that as I started saying it and I got to the bit where it would be from history is when I realized that it would not actually work as well as I was immediately envisioning it. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, nobody wants the Hitler icon. Yeah, you have a lot of villains to choose from, and none of them would be 
Well, a lot of them would just involve angry <laughs> shouting. Like, <laughs> yep. Hitler appears in Japan. He speaks German. He's very angry all the time. He's on meth. Yeah, no, I thought it was a good idea. It'd be a good idea if they were more of the Brothers Grimm fictional variety of, of icon characters. That would be fun. Yeah. But when it was like, yeah, it's the Hitler and the Stalin icon, it's like, no, no. <laughs> I rescind my suggestion. Yeah, but, but it's like, I don't even know what those people would do divorced from politics. It's like all of your stereotypes with them involve them uh, having political power of some kind, like not a gun. Yeah. Huh. And you can't have like multiple, I guess, villains with the same like, hey, your power is charisma. And they'd probably give that to a female character like Matahari, as usual. Matahari a villain. Often. Well, it's like <laughs> Genghis Khan, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess it depends uh, in on Japan, Alexi, uh, Genghis Khan is a hero. Huh. Because here yes. I was thinking like, oh, Genghis Khan, that's a good villain who could have horse powers. Right? <laughs> uh, uh, anything else happen in this episode that I can think of? No, I mean, those are the best parts. There was a bit where um, Igor did a, like, it was a combination of, it reminded me of Doc Ock, but also, like, you know those things that you get in Gachapon? type things in like pizza stores that are these like jelly yes. hands and if you whip them yeah he like jelly handed a bunch of server banks for reasons it's the know. beginning of the demia project but why did he jelly hand yes demia project yep, is demia project so it. important very important never forget you won't act actually if I had to ask you right now what you think Demio Project is, what do you think Demio Project is? Yeah. Oh, no. Thinking about the, so, the themes of the any. show that you know it involves servers and it's Igor's project. Igor is going to use the servers to take over all the satellites and cell phones and computational devices and eat everyone's souls maybe and kind of like maybe turn some people into gnomes some kind of some kind of conversion of the mortal world into the gamma world maybe something about kind of making everyone the same that kind that of is a surprisingly you're, good guess yeah you're you're reasonably on the mark except for the technology involved it's not it's not hacking satellites or cell phones oh. Okay. I mean, I was mostly basing that on yes. what they did already, because I was like, yeah, they'll probably just do the same thing. Yep, for like 20 more episodes. <laughs> 20 more episodes? <laughs> like 30. Well, I said like 20. 30 is like not 20. that They're much like 20. They're off by one. <laughs> They're off by They're 10. They're tens. <laughs> Corey. <laughs> Hello. Listen, we only care about orders of magnitude oh, here, and it was the fine. correct order yeah. of magnitude. I see how it is. Ghostwatch 2016 was also also very correct in that, like, there literally didn't seem to be a point in painting the building so that he could get in because it didn't seem to be relevant at all. Nope. 
Yeah. It's the power of friendship. <laughs> I guess. I, overall, the decision to start calling Ganma gnomes is interesting. I like how in Ghostwatch 2016, you start with an acknowledgement that the degree of nicknaming has made it inaccessible, even to you guys, if you spend any time away from it. And then you come up with a new name for like a central feature of the show. But it is so much easier to say a one-syllable word. <laughs> Because, like, Ganma no. has, like, it's like you have to kind of, like, start with a glottal stop kind of thing. Like, you're saying a word, and then all of a sudden you got to say Ganma. Like, you have to capitalize the G Ganma. with your mouth. <laughs> you just type in a gnome, like an art gnome. Give me the cubist art gnome. It's easy. It just flows. Knife knife the knife gnome. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is a good example. So, okay, you know what? And that is a good example because I was thinking of the, the Mafia and I feel like Mafia Ganma goes but Mafia well. Gnome? There's this, but Mafia Gnome, not as much. But Knife Knife Gnome is much better than Knife Knife Ganma. So it, it depends, I think, on, on the pairing. Hmm. All right. but, I'll take that under consideration. I will pass Considering that you've recorded every episode now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pass my feedback along to the Ghostwatch 2016 crew as of a year yeah. and a half ago. Gnomes just make me think of Left 4 Dead too. They make me think of Half-Life. I guess that is where that gnome is from, but I did not play enough of Half-Life for it to have the same mm -hmm. impression. Is it's it the same gnome? gnome? It's Valve. Well, I know it. Yeah, I guess so. Well, like, it's the same gnome model, obviously. But is is it canonically oh. the same gnome? Like, I don't even know. I don't even know. If, dead? Is Left for Dead in like the Black Mesa universe? The Half Life universe. Yeah. I don't know. You think probably not? I hope not. That's a lot going on in that place. Interdimensional <laughs> alien travel, zombie yeah. mutants. Well, well like, different it seems varieties like of zombie, people... head crab zombies, regular zombies, fast zombies, slow zombies, oh, exploding zombies. God. Yeah, that would get yeah. out of hand. Is he does he have the same name? Is he called Noam Chomsky <laughs> and I don't know. Okay. I think so. I think that's the achievement you can get now for taking him through. So probably he is he's the interdimensional aspect. Mm. No, Chomsky exists throughout the deep brains of the multiverse. <laughs> even though they're not actually contiguous between the Left 4 Dead universe and the Black Mesa universe. It's food for thought. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Dutch Choco Wine. What? What? I have a uh, Whistler Brewing Co. Mountain Lager, and earlier I had some cheese, which was good. It was a Pacific Rock cheese, which mm. was orange and weird tasting. I'm drinking <laughs> fruit punch. What what fruit? Um, Red. It's a cowboy cocktail, fruit juice cocktail, according to the uh, according to the label. Cowboy. It's Arizona brand. <laughs> It does not actually have any cowboys on it. I'm sorry to say. 
Sorry. As like a cow skull. <laughs> for whatever Ooh, reason. Cow skull. Yeah. Now I'm uh, interested. <laughs> what fruits constitute a cowboy cocktail? Uh, okay, let me let me take a look here. Uh, Thank you. Let's see. Pear, mango, apple. No. Pineapple. Huh. Uh, and cherry and strawberry. That sounds tasty, but it just that tastes is, like I don't generic fruit punch. That's a confusing it's name. Fruit punch flavored. There's no cowboy who would eat a mango. <laughs> what? <laughs> that can't possibly be true. Do you mean like real cowboy or back in time cowboy? Both. Oh, come on now. The back in time one, because there was no way they could get a mango. Oh. I'm trying to say that my, and the current- part of my family are cattle farmers, and uh, they have definitely consumed a mango. Mm. <laughs> Any self-respecting cowboy oh, might eat a mango. Man. No, no respect for themselves or the, the brand. <laughs> what about a pineapple? Yeah, pineapple was the other suspect <laughs> fruit. Yeah, they eat pineapple as well, I believe. I mean, I've only I've I've met a few people I would call real life cowboys, and I just can't imagine either like them eating a mango or a pineapple. It's like the the vein of of members of my family who considered Caesar salad to be an exciting foreign development. Huh. <laughs> like I, I do have say. friends that have like. A family recipe Caesar salad that is amazing and involves like toasting bread and then frying the bread in the bacon fat. Mm. Oh from, shit! From the yeah, so you make your own croutons with the bacon that's involved in the salad. My mouth is watering now, and there's like a specific amount of anchovy paste, and you have to use a specific bowl. It's like oh, bowl. that sounds like a real family recipe. Yeah, it's decadent, decadent Caesar salad. Uh, and I can't have any. <laughs> now, now we're all sad. <laughs> well, I'm good because like the anchovy paste would kill me, but it's true. Oh, all right. Which, which is also why I don't like feel bad about the takoyaki. I'm like that looks really tasty, except that I would die if I ate it. Really, is oh. octopus included, or have you I'm tried? Pretty sure, but there's like bonito flakes on top. Oh yes, quite. Also, this isn't the sort of thing one experiments with. Oh, I do. <laughs> well, yeah, but you get like a stomach ache. Uh, get anaphylactic shock. Depends. depends. <laughs> I do. I find that surprising sometimes because I I don't have any real pertinent allergies. I there's like a a, a particular purple dye that will make me break out in like a full body rash but uh-huh. it's just like don't don't drink that particular kind of grape cough syrup and i'm fine so it basically doesn't matter but i've known some people who do have like serious allergies to peanuts and stuff like that and like someone who had a really bad wasp sting reaction kind of allergy thing and i'm just shocked when sometimes they, they'll be kind of blasé about things because i'll be like you could die let's see die. <laughs> Like, yeah, like in the office, we'd we'd end up with food, and it would be like, "Does this have peanuts in it?" It's like, "Oh, we're not actually sure." And this guy I knew would just be like, 
uh, and just start eating it. It's like, dude, <laughs> have, have a care. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I think it's just a personality thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got a friend that shares a lot of allergies in common with me and say we were on a trip and someone else made French toast with apple slices. And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. I'm pretty sure those apples are baked enough. And he was like, no, I'm not even touching it. And I'm like, this is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, it's like looking at like an apple. That's not food. That's not a food item. You don't put that in your mouth. Interesting. You're allergic to raw apples only? Yes. Raw fruit and nuts. All raw fruit? Most raw fruit. Huh. Is that... What what is it chemically? I haven't haven't looked into it, but it's... it's, uh, Like, it's commonly related to, like, a birch pollen allergy. Interesting. Which I also have. Ugh. Pollen allergies are the worst. Mm-hmm invisible gonna, you have to like hope there's rain I'm gonna google that because i'm curious because like fruits despite like fruit is a social classification mm-hmm. not a scientific one no but i'm so allergic to plants in the rose family which okay. is a lot of fruit that we eat right. so yeah because i would figure that in general like to be allergic to all fruit would be kind of wild because most fruit is not actually super closely related to each other. But then, yeah, chunks of it all are. So, but it's like I guess that just apples, strawberries, and almonds are all related, right? Huh. So you would not eat you. You could be a proper cowboy. There would be fire involved in in my meals, yes. Yeah. I guess that's the question. Would a cowboy eat a mango if they roasted it first? Do you roast mangoes? I'm pretty sure I've already established that real cowboys <laughs> do eat mango. <laughs> I don't or know. Mango juice from like the shelf. Like they would go out to the store buy bulk juice. Drink the juice. Now I'm also trying to think of cowboy going to the store that has bulk juice, and I'm I'm mentally stopping there. Tetra packs, like you go to the co-op. Yeah, but okay, well, okay, but what? How would you get a co-op out in? Uh, Okay, so cowboys don't have to live in the (laughs) cowboys plains. Typically. Typically live maybe with a family that they have uh, <laughs> in a house, yeah, <laughs> like a road connected to maybe a major highway that has a town nearby where they can go drive to their local farming co-op, buy all of the tetra packs of mango juice they want. <laughs> okay, now farming co-op—that's different. If you're talking a like uh, an IGA, there might be an IGA as well because those are like locally franchised. And very easy yeah. to get in, like Alberta, Saskatchewan. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, the IGA is a, is that's that's still rural. A co-op. Yeah. That's only if you're in the Arctic, because then you have Arctic co-op. Oh no, they've got them in like the Peace Country. I I've seen I've seen a cowboy hitch his horse at the Red Creek food store, but then 
you know, that's the kind of small town food store. Well, that's that the kind get. of store you would ride your horse to. Yeah, you can't get a Tetra pack, whatever that is, at a food store. Oh. <laughs> She's such a small town snob. <laughs> like, you know, juice boxes? Yeah. Yes. You put the straw in them? Okay, yes. that's a Tetra pack. And you know how they get bigger? The big Tetra uh. pack? Like, <laughs> <laughs> she, apparently she doesn't. Oh. Like, a, like a box of... Like a box of those, yes. Yeah. You can buy those. Well, you can buy well, those in bulk. Bulk boxes? Or is the box itself bigger like a box Both. of chicken broth? Both. They're like, yes, the size of a box. Well, actually, the bigger chicken broth. Still, yeah. like, it's like a liter. Or 1.5 liter. Okay. And they come bigger than that, too. But still. Yes, All imagine right. a juice box and make it larger in your mind. Okay. <laughs> Put them on the shelves. And they uh-huh. often are in, like, no-name brand or something like that. Okay. And then you just get, like, 20 of those. And you can See, drink them in one sitting, and it's great. What? Adult-sized juice box. Huh. Does it have a straw? No. Okay. They have what if a you little got one of those that you flip straws? up and a little piece of foil that you have to tear off that never okay, rips Okay, like correctly. the chicken broth. Yeah. Like the chicken broth. Yeah, yeah. and you drink out of the spigot. <laughs> Unless you like a glass to use like a, a cup. You can use a glass like a gentleman, or you can just drink directly from the spigot. I guess I always just found the bulk buying thing to be kind of weird. I've only ever really seen that in, like, there are a couple times that I've been taken to Costco by other people. As well, like you see, you trip. don't want to do too many trips into town, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, you go into town once a week, maybe. Once a month. So you're buying... Huh. I guess, yeah, if you buy it in bulk, you can do that. Yeah, and especially things like a Tetra Pack that will last has no like expiry within the next year. Is it four? Isn't that... Isn't Tetra four? It probably has to do with the layering in the manufacturer, because it's a layered package. That's my guess. I'm trying to remember if Tetra is four or five. Because isn't it? It's four. Yeah, it is four. So it would make sense if it was a four pack. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) We can end the episode when you want to, because this could go on all day. I'm going to send you... The Wikipedia article for Tetra Pack. <laughs> Thank you. Last, last time was what? Coffee cake? Oh, it's that. Okay. Yes. Uh, this is a Swiss thing? <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm hanging up. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, anyone who is listening. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye.